Welcome to Hometown Glory. This is episode 23 of our third season. I'm Charlie and with me for this one are Billy, Rosa, Sam, Tom and close friend of the podcast, Lauren. Lauren, welcome back to Hometown Glory. I'm um, I'm especially thrilled that you're here, um, as I say, talking over you, as we've missed each other on all your previous, ex- uh, previous appearances. So thank you so much uh, for not ducking out when you knew I'd be hosting. Um, and if you didn't know... <laughs> Uh, you can run off now and we'll edit this intro. Um, anyway, how are you, Lauren? Are you well? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's good to be here with like the full gang. So, um, so yeah. Very nearly, uh, yeah. Ash, Ash yeah. is um, being caused, uh, being given sort of aneurysms by various uh, talented musicians, I think, at this moment in time. But we are sadly without him. But yeah, near enough. We're, mm. we're at full strength. Um, very, very exciting. Um, I was going to make it unlike various Tottenham teams gag there, but I feel like we're coming out of those woods, so it's okay. Um, Anyway, on this episode, we will be running the rule over a hard-fought virus-plagued point at Old Trafford before rewinding a few hours and a a few hundred miles south to get a feel for what went down in a raucous and emotional Spurs Women Cup tie against Sheffield United. Plus, of course, our culture picks from the week. Um, So let's dive in, like we all feared Christian Romero might have done in Manchester. Um, Sam, to you first, because you were up there, my friend. Um, A good away day, all told? Very good away day. Um, Long one, though. Long one. I was out the door about, well, just gone 7am. And yeah, partly my fault for getting up there early, because long story short, trains were cancelled for... City away when when that was sort of early December, yeah, early December. Um, so no trains, and I really like Manchester. I wanted to go back to um, a couple of my favourite spots there. There's some some great cafes and bakeries or whatnot. So we'll get to that in culture later on, guys. Stick around, um, and yeah, then sort of linked up with everyone else after that, and great city to sort of drink in before the game, and yeah, cracking away day. Um, atmosphere was unreal sort of talk all day did you do what i did and realize that um trafford is actually not in manchester and you have to then factor in crawling through the traffic to get out of manchester city center to to the ground yeah we left it way too late we got black (laughs) like sort of very very fine line uh to to kick off but uh it worked out again there was no no disaster story to tell you there um but yeah it was it was pretty crap especially like the the tram on the way back um it was was long. It was sort of like five hours door to door in the end because the trains are running quite slowly. Um, I see everyone as usual has loved your um, your photos from the game. There was one shot that people seem particularly taken with this week, which is the um, the sort of well the, the set of photos you managed to grab just as um, Bentoncourt scored. Um, I love it particularly because you can see Anana just still doing his sort of prone <laughs> arms out wide that he seems to do happened, for about yeah. five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um rumor has it that's why he missed Cameroon's game because he was still uh they couldn't get him out of that pose um but anyway how I, I saw a few people on Twitter kind of asking you about how do you and I've always I feel like we may have touched on this a wee bit but I wanted you to just talk about how do you manage to grab how do you sort of set yourself with all the particularly in an away end because it's one thing at home where you know I don't you know we've all been to away games and you, everyone knows that that the sort of limbs that you experience in an away end is sort of unlike anything else on the face of the planet how do you kind of get yourself set to take such incredible photos in those moments um well yesterday i was quite lucky in particular because i i was right at the end of the away the uh, or on the side if you like so i had a steward next to me so i knew that he was going to bowl me over if the ball hit the back of the head on one side at least. Um, but yeah, there's there's like a little bit of a process to it. And I guess it's sort of um, practice hopefully makes perfect in the end. But um, I basically like wear my camera across my mm-hmm. body like a bag. Um, and that sort of allows me to have it sort of ready to go at any minute without having to hold it in my hand at, at, at all times. Um 
And then basically, without getting too technical or anything, like I'll dial in the settings that I need to be able to basically focus on the penalty spot where most most of the action is mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, and then I've got a burst setting on my camera. So that basically means that you can take sort of eight photos in a second. Um, and then you just hold the trigger and just hope for the best, really. Um, and then, yeah, like the you try and grab some of the celebrations, hopefully some of the goal. Yeah. Uh, and then just pan away and try and get some of the limbs in in the stand and and try not get knocked out in the process, which hasn't always worked for me. And Sheffield, I ended up sort of flying down the stairs and ended up sort of yeah laying chin down on oh, uh, God. on the staircase. But it's um it's worth the fun. <laughs> it's um <laughs> it's really good. Well, I'm glad there was no injuries this time. Um, but another brilliant set that we all loved. Um, Thank now. You. Well, let's move around the group. Lauren, as you're our guest, you can give me your winner from uh, Spurs to Man United to who are you particularly impressed by? Was there anything you want to um you want to focus on? Yeah, my my winner is actually the physio team, our physio team, because <laughs> that's gonna be the first time like... that's ever happened, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> finally a game of no injuries, but then also two weeks off. So I feel like they probably all woke up this morning feeling a little bit better um, after how the last few months have gone. So, yeah, I think it was obviously really good to see our um, first choice back four kind of back, uh, what felt like ahead of schedule um, mm. as well. And it just felt nice to not see someone come back and then see somebody else leave the team because they're injured. I mean, I feel like we nearly had Mickey's that with Mickey at the end. Yeah, but yeah that, the terrifying yeah. moment. But I feel like he very helpfully, and I don't know if he just knows that we're all on edge with this stuff, that... I feel like you could see him mouth like cramp. it's cramp. Yeah, <laughs> he almost like looked down the lens of the camera and was like, "Don't worry, guys, it's fine. It's not my hamstring. It's okay." Yeah, I was still screaming at the TV though. After he got back off, I was like, "Just bring him off, precautionary. Who cares?" Like literally, just bring him off because yeah, we just it, it's been a real tough time um, with injuries, but absolute warriors. So yeah, it's nice to think. Hopefully, in two weeks' time, we'll see players come back and there won't be no phantom injuries that someone's picked up mm. in training over the next couple of weeks. I was, um, I saw Ange's quotes afterwards talking about, you know, the sort of superhuman effort that Romero and Van der Ven and Bentoncourt have all made coming back, What what is really ahead of schedule. And I, I just really hope that they're not pushing themselves too much or saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to play, I'm ready to play, when maybe it would be um perhaps more prudent to sort of chill out for an extra couple of weeks but i guess we have to trust our medical team kind of and their own bodies but i don't know who absolutely knows? not no that's chaos <laughs> <laughs> i've got a theory on this okay uh oh, and you nice. can you can tinfoil me if you like but our medical team as we know as we've alluded to before have been uh in the weeds some might say uh, and maybe they thought new manager coming in, let's uh, let's try a new thing instead of giving giving the manager an accurate uh, comeback date. Let's just bump <laughs> it a couple of weeks, um, and then uh, everyone will think that we're doing a really good job when they come back two weeks early every time. Just maybe. A maybe amazing. Like when you're meeting a friend who's always always late, you just bring the time forward. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Yeah. I I think they might have something here, Sam, because surely they need to try something. They've not. They must. You know, they're they're in the mud in terms of reputation wise (laughs) within the club. Surely. Um, Okay. Good stuff. Um, Everyone's fingers crossed. Health is Lauren's. uh, Lauren's one and our and our and our medical team. Good. Nice to see them get some. (laughs) If not flowers, then some. You know, some sort of flowers we've nicked off the front of someone's lawn. Um, Tom, your one, please. Who's your winner? Well, I'm hoping I just get to do this on every podcast I'm on, but Richarlison, uh, he's on he's on seven goals now. Just to put that in context, that is more than any of Arsenal's forwards or players. Um, one one ahead of Saka. Um, yeah, he's right up there. Seven Martinelli goals. has two Premier League goals, by the way. Two. Like and, he's not even had an injury. He plays. Oh, wait, he, he was injured for a bit, but still two. Christian, Umar- uh, Christian Romero, just for context. He's got three, isn't he? I love context. He's got three. My new favourite word. Brentford, West Ham and Burnley. And maybe the Burnley one, like one of the goals of the season. So ridiculous. Anyway, sorry, Tom, go on. That's okay. 
Um, yeah, I was giving uh, some Arsenal fans at work shit about their forwards. And I think I was talking about Jesus and they were like, but he's had injuries. I mean, we forget Richarlison was injured for, for some time as well. And he's, already, and he's still got seven goals. Got a new groin. He's got a new groin. He took that header so well, didn't he? We had about what felt like a hundred corners in that game and were clearly worrying United in the air. And also on his goal, the there were it appeared that the entire United team were around him. It was crazy how many people they had in the box. And yet he found like he found that ball, found a tiny bit of space and smashed it into the back of the net. So yeah, mm. look where continue. I'm so happy for him. You know, I think said at the start of the season, just 10 goals would be amazing for him. And he's almost there. So, yeah, what a, what a dude. It was a real number nine's performance, wasn't it? He led the line brilliantly, he kept the ball. He, you know, and also I think one of the things I didn't realise he'd be so useful with, he's replaced Kane in that, um, and that he's so good defending his own box as well. I think I saw a stat, he had three headers that he'd cleared from their set pieces. He's always he seems to be a bit of a magnet for the ball when we're defending, which um, is a incredibly priceless uh, sort, of, sort of addition to how we defend set pieces. Um, yeah, long may it continue, as you say, Tom. I think we, this is one of the most heartwarming sort of redemption tales of the season, isn't it? And as I think we've you know maybe we'll get on to Brennan in a bit, but I think for anyone really kind of coating off Brennan Johnson at the moment, I think all you have to do is look at Richarlison for how you know a little bit of patience and perseverance with these guys um, can go a long way. On that, I was just going to add that Richarlison had to step up as well, right? Because he had Werner on, you know, had joined the club three days before and Johnson, who's, you know, still relatively young and inexperienced. So Richarlison really had to take charge of that front three and he 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 did it brilliantly. So, and kind of, you know, mm. Werner grew into it, didn't he? He, did, he, had, a, he had a good game. Um, but yeah, Richarlison helped kind of cover a bit for those two as well. I don't think I've realised how... His, um, Sorry, Rosa, go on. Just shout out to his lovely quotes in the week as well, where mm. he talked um, really beautifully and in a really heartfelt way about the kind of struggles that he's had and how he's, he sought help and it's really worked. And in spite of sort of opposition from, you know, people he knows, his background and all of that, he just kind of went for it and it's and it's made a massive difference to him. So just I, like, I love him for that so much. We adore you, Richardson. We very much do. Um, Rosa, you can give me yours now. You're on a roll. Yeah, man. Um, first of all, um, winner is my household. It's for one of us actually having had a good experience at Old Trafford because Ollie was there for his a sort of birthday treat from his best mate and did, we did not have a miserable day. So amazing. The only time I've been to Old Trafford was our infamous 2-0 FA Cup semi-final defeat to Newcastle many, many moons ago, which was one of the most miserable experiences I've ever had as a football fan. So we come out on top this weekend. Um, I, I'll i leave Benton Core to somebody else because I feel like we're going to really want to talk about him and how he was just kind of king of the day. Shout out to Timo Werner for me, actually, because I think like I already really, really love him. Like everything, I think he put in a really good shift. I think he made some really intelligent runs. He took up positions really well. Um, and obviously he got the assist. And I really feel for him because I know he's going to get, there's just, there's just going to be all that like Timo time stuff. Like every time a shot goes wide, even if it just kind of is only the like a fraction off, like every time he misses, it's going to be a massive deal. So I've, but I feel like he's going to handle it with so much grace and he comes across like the most adorable dweeb in all of his interviews I <laughs> like the way he was talking about like yeah it wasn't I feel like it wasn't the the greatest idea to like have my debut at Old Trafford but actually it turned out to be fine he's like yeah I was really nervous but actually it was fine I was like that's really sweet I really appreciate you know the fact that he was just really on the level with that um, and I think he's at the right club to have that sort of attitude because we as a fan base absolutely respond to that sort of open emotional chat. So welcome, Timo. I'm really happy you're here. I really hope you get some goals. But, you know, if you don't and you just carry on as you are and getting some assists, I feel like that's fine too. Which he's sort of really playing down his assist, by the way. like it was. Yeah. I agree, Sam. I agree. It was such a beautifully weighted pass. 
the more I see that pass, the better it is. Yeah. The more mm-hmm. I see it. Like it, first viewing, it looked simple, and actually, it wasn't at all. It was really great and kind of threaded through a few. Mm. I totally yeah. agree, and I had this exact argument with Ollie earlier. We were watching Match of the Day again, and I was like, "Is it because re- because?" Bentoncourt's actual movement for the goal is so spectacular that I was a bit like, is it one of those assists like not really an assist because the actual um, person who scored the goal did all the work? And it was like, no, just watch it again. It's it's timed so perfectly, right? So yeah, if we can get if we can get that, that's fine. He's clearly a smart footballer, isn't he? I think you know he's an intelligent guy who knows. You know, he'd had two training sessions with them and already was making the right runs. I thought and was pressing properly by and large. And, it hasn't you know, played since November. Fourth of November right? was the last time he stepped foot on a football pitch. It was a really, you know, it's been a lot of football played since then. So, you know, he's all sorts of, um, he's all sorts of rusty. So, you know, I, I don't think he's going to come in and score, you know, twenty goals or even ten goals. I'm sure maybe, but I, I do. And it was funny cause those quotes that came out today from him were talking about. He was talking about, you know, the club sort of didn't stress to me that I need to come in as a goal scorer like if I can provide some assists and basically like you know vibes um I'm supporting that that'll be great I'm I'm Um, down for that so yeah it's um it was nice to see him he's just a very yeah he's an adorable character did you see um his uh I think it's his wife um or partner at least I don't know his girlfriend partner and uh Dragashin's girlfriend and Dragashin's sister playing Spurs Monopoly the other night on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, like we have clearly signed our these are our kind of people. Like well very done. Intelligent. Very <laughs> This is why Ange pushed for it. This is a proper Ange deal, wasn't it? He's like, I want this guy. Yeah. He's Just part stuff. of the gang. And he's like, lovely oh they've made me feel so welcome. Yeah. Adorable. It make you wonder if, if, like, that's part of a welcome pack that they give to the fa- to family. <laughs> yeah. Surely. Um, yeah, and then I just wondered what else from the club shop. They're like, just someone just runs around the club shop and lobs a load of stuff in a box and then hands it to the family. I like it. Well, I, I know they do. They do take the lunch. Yeah, yeah, you're it's probably part right. Of, yeah, it's part of the lodge because that's where they were staying. I think that night. So I feel like they're just there inside their in their rooms. Like you know, some people get religious tax, you get Spurs Monopoly when you're at the lodge. Family's getting torn apart in the lodge. <laughs> um, it's really lovely, though. It's really lovely. Has everybody seen the the video um, of the huddle where he does it? Oh, yeah. That's oh, worth so mention. God. It's like, Timo, where are you going? What are you doing? <laughs> Bless him. Someone um, sent me a tweet today of sort of angry, sort of very angry Enoch Outer person was like, I don't even understand. Why do they need to do these huddles? They've spent the last five hours with each other. Like, what's the point? I'm like, I mean, Jesus Christ, if you're gonna get angry about that, then what what are we doing here? I'm against um, huddles. What a what a hill to die on. <laughs> um I'll talk briefly about uh our our Uruguayan king, because what what a performance um i think you know if we had any slight sort of hesitations about declaring him back 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 after his last few appearances slash cameos i think this was you know this was him shaking off that last bit of rust for me i thought he ran the show with you know obviously not a first choice um set of midfield partners to say the least although i will say i thought um hoybier and skip sort of did pretty well. Um, Skippy particularly, I think, um, really showed up and I thought expressed himself in a way that I don't think I've seen him do all season, quite honestly. I mean, that outside of the boot sort of diagonal pass to Gerverner in, that would have been a sister of the season. Astonishing stuff. Um, sort of seems to remember him doing something like a pre-season friendly after he came back from Norwich and everyone being like, yep, this guy's, this guy's going to be it. And that was the last we saw of it. But maybe... We've all written him off too soon. Who knows? But anyway, I just thought Benson Cole was was brilliant. I mean, there was that lovely moment where he um he bailed out Van der Ven sort of in the first half when Van der Ven let someone in and suddenly just out of nowhere there he was to sort of nip the ball off Bruno just before he was about to pull the trigger. And he just has that incredible ability to cover ground and also cover ground in that gorgeous sort of graceful way that he does where it doesn't appear like he's particularly quick, but he just never seems to get tired. He just moves so so effortlessly. 
I can't wait to see where we where, where he ends up playing because for me he has to start in our first choice midfield. I don't think it's even a debate in my opinion. It's just whether or not he's the six and he's the holder, which I think I like because I love a midfield with with Saar in it. I think he just gets through so much work um, and is that sort of unsung hero of a midfield that you need, a bit of a Kante guy. Um, and yeah, I just, as I've said before, millions of times on, on Hometown Glory, I cannot wait to see him and James Madison share a football pitch together because I don't think they have yet at all. And those two, I just think are going to, are going to make magic. I think Benson Kerr came on um, for, he came on for Madison maybe when at Palace or they sort of crossed over. Um, so yeah, I don't think they've been on the, the pitch at the same time because Chelsea was immediately after that and Benson Kerr was back on the bench for that. So yeah, I, I cannot wait to see what sort of beautiful stuff those two um, conjure up. So Lolo gets, gets my nod. Um, Sam, your winner. Uh, I'm really I'm torn between the whole back four really. Um, I'll, I'll always bang on about Romero on this pod, so I'll, I'll give him a couple of lines. But uh, I think it made a huge difference just seeing he, he was a little bit hot and cold. I think after spending some time away, and obviously I think maybe a little bit rushed um, back from from injury. But um, just the impact that you know a few of his challenges have on the team and. You know the away end or the support is is so underestimated. I think we get so caught up in um, worrying about when his next suspension is going to come. But you know there was that one challenge uh, in the second half where he that he basically heard the uh, the ball and maybe a shin crack and all around the ground. It was um, it was pretty unreal and everyone was sort of gasping. But it just sets the team you know on on the front foot all the time and. Um, yeah, I, I just love him so much. So I think it was, it was great having him back, obviously back to um, back to our top back four as well. Um, mm. just, you can yeah, see with his passing as well, right? Like we're just such a different outfit. I mean, the, oh. the second goal being case in point. Yeah, it's you know even yeah, with, with the press with like five players and one pass he took out. It's amazing, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's sublime. I, I just love watching him play football, and yeah, I think it's. Couple games time when everybody's back to to full fitness and they've they've been playing you know game after game. Well, they've got ten days off now, but game up a few games. Uh, I think we'll we're gonna go on a little run again. Um, but my my other shout out would have been Horro. Um, mm. Again, phenomenal. I think they're not quietly going under the radar, but he's just ticking away as our player of the season. I think. Seven um, assists now. Seven assists and the and the most by any Tottenham defender in a Premier League season. Um, and yeah, he's just so good all over the pitch, defending, attacking, vibes. Yeah, he's he's such a Tottenham player. Also, the most assists of any defender this season. It's, in terms of assists, it's only Ollie Watkins and Salah above him. Wow, it's more than um, more than Trent. It's amazing. Yeah, more than Trent. Same as Trippier. They're Trippier and Poro are both on seven for the league. De Bruyne is due to go clear next week. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seven but in one Poirot, game. I'd say Poirot has been much better than Trippier has defensively mm. um, as well. And I think we always knew, I think he was really good going forward. But what's really impressed me is that he's really adjusted to the pace of the Premier League. So it's kind of like he gets up and down the pitch, can play inverted, but equally doesn't get turned inside out often um, by anyone that he comes up against. So, and the best thing about him is, doesn't touch wood. I'm literally touching wood as I say this. He's been available all season. Mm. So um, yeah, he's, I think he's that terrible. Alone, yeah, he's yeah. He just never seems tired. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, Billy, give us your winner, please. Um, I can only go for the birthday guy, my guy, Emerson Royale, um, who came onto the pitch on the 90th minute wearing gloves, and the only thing that he did on the pitch was put on another pair of gloves. Um, and if that's not worthy of a shout out on his birthday, I don't know what is. Um, and you know, what? I'm really excited for the fact that now we've got like five days off and Emerson's Instagram, and uh, it's just going to be an absolute madness on there. You know it. So I'm going to keep posted on that and, uh, hope wasn't he, he um, wasn't he having a McFlurry, uh, yeah. sort of as of an hour ago on yeah. Instagram? Yeah. And I'm sure he's got, I know he did a live, like not very long ago. So I really hope we get a couple more Emerson lives because, um, obviously he's working towards an album of some sort. Um, and I think 
could be another single in the offing, hopefully. Let's hope. He's definitely got enough for an EP now, surely. Yeah. I mean, can you have a word of the guys at Apple and see maybe you can get him in for one of those uh, one of those interviews? Billy, how's your Portuguese study going? Do you know what? It's uh, my Spanish is getting there a little bit. My one of my colleagues, uh, it's actually worked out really well for me this year because one of the teachers in my year group is Portuguese. So any Emerson videos, I instantly just show to her and say, "Can you translate this for me?" Um, so my my personal Portuguese is terrible, but I've got a colleague who does all the translating for me, which has worked out pretty damn good. Perfect. That's what we like to hear. Um, I do want you to speak a little bit of Portuguese before the season's over, though, Billy. That's that's what we'd like. Um, Good stuff. All right, let's do losers. Um, on a very positive day, I think we can be pretty quick fire with these. Um, Lauren, your loser, please. Um, mine's a collective, actually. Um, of the what I keep seeing, I think the negative and overly vocal Spurs fans on social media. Um, I think they, I think we're seeing fans who will say, "Oh my God, what a great job." that Ange is doing with all the absences and all the injuries. And then we're absolutely seeing pylons on particular players in our team who are having to play because there's nobody else available mm. to play. And I think players like Brennan, um, we know he needs to get better, but he's young. So it's kind of like, why are our expectations um, so high? So I just think that sometimes you just, just keep it in your group chats or somewhere else. And we don't need to tag our players who are at the moment are having to play every single game and that probably wasn't in the plan for someone like Brennan to play every single game it wasn't in the plan for Werner probably to start um yesterday either and I just think let's not become like the the Chelsea fan base or the Arsenal fan base mm -hmm. where we're always like tearing down um our players who are actually yes we want them to do better but equally you know we're under difficult circumstances at the moment yeah agreed can I give you my top tip for, for dealing with this in your mind, Lauren? Because I, I shared this with Sam earlier today because I know these lunatics also really get him down. I tend to think these types of people, it's really good that they've got football where they can like vent all of their like, you know, inadequacies and anxieties because otherwise they would seriously be like incels or taking part in like January the 6th insurrections. So I think we have to like count our blessings in that way. I also said this to my brother about the kind of keep it in the group chat stuff, which is brilliant advice, Lauren. I think is a mantra that we should all live by. And uh, my brother was like, do you think they're invited into group chats though? And I think that's the problem, isn't it? These are not group chat invitees. Um, so they've got to, they've got to take this stuff somewhere. I also don't think they're people who go to games either. You know, mm. like, I think they're people that go like actually put their money or their time on the line. I think they're mostly weirdos stuck at home. Agreed. I do blame I do blame Elon Musk as well though because now any any Tom Dick and Harry can get verified it just feels like it's those 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 fans as well who are just they've got big followings for no reason. Um, I've, I've uh, noticed as well yeah. there's a lot of um, there's a lot of engagement farming particularly negative yeah. engagement farming mm. from the sort of bigger aggregator sort of Spurs accounts sort of saying things like what do you make of Brennan Johnson start as a Spurs player, knowing exactly what they're going to get and, you know, the 0.0002p that they get per re reply, whatever. I hope it's worth it, lads. I hope it's worth it. But um, annoying. Anyway, um, I agree. I agree. When you're living rent-free in your mum's basement, uh, every 0.002p does count, Charlie. Billy, give me your loser, please, mate. Uh, Eric Ten Hag, because I watched... Two Man United games this year um, against Tottenham, and I have no idea what kind of team Man United are. Um, he's been there double and some, then some, the length of Ange, who has very clearly got a style of play, even when about 10 of our first teams got a miss in. Um, it's just like, what's he doing? Like, what is what is he doing day to day with that team that makes it into a Ten Hag team? Because we played Ajax uh, twice, and the Pochettino, Ten Hag's Ajax in two legs, and they were excellent. Um, obviously, we did win the tie overall, but the first leg, they were brilliant um, against us in the second leg. Obviously, they blew us away in the first half of that. And then there's kind of freak second half. Um, just haven't seen any of it at Man United at all. We spent a lot of money, um, got a lot of players that he's bought in for himself. And I just watched that Man United game, particularly the second half, and thought, like, what? what is this team? Like, what is it? There's nothing. It's just nothing to it. And, uh, yeah, I just don't think he's anywhere near the manager that I thought he would be. I, I did 
Um, at one time, I even wanted him to be Tottenham manager. I'm very glad that hasn't happened. And I just think Anne just showing him that you don't, you know, you can have your own style of play with, doesn't matter who's playing, um, if you believe in it and stick to it. And I think a lot of that comes back from that Chelsea game where he stuck by his principles no matter what. And now we're seeing mm. the And uh, doesn't matter who, who we play, we're going to play Anne's ball. And it's just brilliant. And the complete opposite of what Ten Hag's done at Man United this season. Yeah, I I also had that. I was like, the loser is like football with no discernible style of play. Um, I it's I was listening to the Tottenham way earlier today, and and Dan was saying, oh, you know, it reminds me of like of what it was like at Tottenham under Jose Mourinho and Conte. But I don't even think it's like that because Conte, at the very least, like he had a plan, he had a style. You might not have liked it, but like there was a very obviously like a method, and and with Ten Hag, there's just like nothing. And my other loser was like Roy Keane, who I don't know if anybody just watched his like quite weird, desperate ranting on Sky Sports afterwards. But he was like, you know, they just they don't need to worry about having a start because Gary Neville was saying, what what do they do? They don't they don't they're not a pressing team. They're not a possession team. Are they counterattacking sometimes, but not really? And Roy Keane's sitting there going, you know, it doesn't matter. They're just in a hole right now, and they've just got to put some results together. And it's just like. Roy, they're not, they're Manchester United. They're not fighting relegation. Like this is like, who's settling for this at this point? It's absolutely insane. I mean, I love to see it, but it's, I mean, they could have nicked it, but it would have been absolutely ridiculous. Like in the same way they could have nicked it against Liverpool, but that also would have been like a madness. And I think Lauren, I was listening to your Gold Diggers pod earlier and it was just like, if they'd nicked it, like the football gods just didn't allow it. Yeah, because it was McTominay as well. He's notorious yeah. for popping up with. with I mean, I will say goals. that moment, Jesus Christ! Like, why yeah, does it like was... just like oceans of space between our central defenders? Don't do that to me again, please, guys. But yeah, it would have been like. Hopefully, Radu got that out of his system. The <laughs> letting a cross sail over your head in the ninety fourth minute. <laughs> One thing I say about Ten Hag, but what I find the most amusing is that he went back to his Ajax side. He went shopping. And he spent a hundred million on Anthony when players like Caduce were right there. So he deserves everything he gets. Yeah, abs. I mean, you know, I think I th- obviously, you know, some United friends today were trying to tell me that you know we've we've got injuries as well, and you know, if you put Martinez or if you take Martinez out of our defence, it's the same as taking Romero out of yours, and that that's completely true. I think he does set. He sort of sets the tempo for them, doesn't he, with his aggression and ball playing, etc., from the back. But um, they're just not; they just haven't got that many good players anymore. I think that's the problem. Like, I just don't think many of them are actually that good. The kind of flip side to that that they're missing Martinez is that they're still starting Christian Eriksen and Johnny Evans, and I find it hard to like kind of stick the boot into Eriksen because. You know, I'll always love him a little bit. But he's done though, isn't he? He's cooked. Absolutely, his legs are gone. Yeah, Mm. his his legs are gone. He was so tired and just really didn't contribute anything. Um, And yeah, Johnny Evans like starting centre back, having you know that's just insane. I I haven't I haven't got a loser other than United, and it's crazy actually that we ended up with sixty four percent possession away at United. and so, more in the second half, right? That's just overall. Yeah, I think like, the stats like in the second half are insane. Yeah. Like they, were just, they were just like hoofing it and we were getting the ball back. And it was, you know, it was like if Sheffield United come to our place and, you know, they're hoping to win a corner and maybe Varane can win a header. And they it was, I've, I've never seen anything like it from a United team. I've really not ever seen anything like it. They were just settling for, settling for a draw, a, a, like, against us and we've got a terrible record there like historically I mean my my loser was just going to be like the first sort of the, the the rustiness I guess because I think we defended both goals pretty poorly and I don't think we concede those goals as Sam was saying in a couple of weeks when that rust has been shaken fully off and you know Mickey and Kuti are back in the flow properly I think Mickey looked a little bit like he was getting his sea legs back um, I don't think Romero sort of covered himself in a lot of glory for either goal and I think Porro similarly um, wasn't amazing for either but and also you know Rashford gave him a tough time but Rashford is going to give anyone a tough time at home so that's completely fair enough Um, but other than that I think you know we we just showed our personality again we showed who we were and 
I think in stark contrast, as we're saying, to a team that has absolutely no excuse to not be doing what we're doing. Um, they've got more money than us. He's had, you know, double the time. Um, and if I was a United fan, I would be, I'd be wanting him gone. And I'm, I wonder if sort of Ratcliffe is sat there watching that, thinking, well, am I going to give hundreds of millions of pounds to this bloke if he's not been able to fashion anything in eighteen months? Like, I don't think I would. I'd be pushing for a new person, but. Who? I don't know. I mean, that's a, a whole other podcast, isn't it? Um, but yeah, uh, so Rust is my loser. Um, Tom, oh, hang on. Yours was United, right? You were just coating off United as well. Just coating off United. I, I, I was going to mention Skip because I kind of, I know he did okay against United, but having sat through Burnley in person, um and Mike, I'm kind of maybe I'm the loser because I don't think I'm going to see <laughs> leave the club this this month, am I? Sadly, so no, nah, he's yeah. not going anywhere. Oh. You can. <laughs> um, Just nice. loving that right at him, sir. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> wow, shots fired! <laughs> Poor old Skippy. I think he did all right. I think the 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 thing is, even in a game where he did perform really well, you could you could see what it would have looked like had Saar been in there instead. That's the reality, isn't it? I mean, it's mental. Like I was sort of totting up who, you know, if everyone does come back, what a sort of starting 11 and a provisional sort of nine-man subs bench would look like. And, you know, it's it's very difficult to see how Skip even gets on the bench once everyone's fit. Like one of Hoybier or Skip doesn't get on the bench, I imagine, you know, with everyone back. So... You know, nor does like Brian, I don't imagine, gets on the bench. And, you know, he was our, our only attacking sub that we had. So, you know, I think obviously everyone has had injuries across the league. It seems to be like, you know, it's worse than it's ever been for players going down every 10 minutes. But I think, you know, the severity of who's out for us has just been so massive, um, you know, that we're having to bring on Brian Hill for a Timo Werner who's not played football for you know, two months. Um, I mean, like that sentence alone, imagine like two weeks ago being told that you would go to Old Trafford and Brian Hill would be coming on for Timo Werner. <laughs> like, and that would be our only our only attacking option. It's insane. And we played him off the park. So all good things. Um, Rosa, your loser. Yeah, man, I've done mine already. Mine's also, you know, United being absolutely terrible. No side did, did I already ask you? I'm like, I'm having it's a terrible time here. It's just because we've just spent 10 it's minutes. everyone said the same. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so much fun. It's just, oh, it's so delicious, isn't it? It doesn't get old. Sam's United. Loser. United Sam, terrible. who's your Thanks for asking, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask everyone twice before I ask you. <laughs> My loser was uh, the Old Trafford atmosphere. Um, imagine having an extra South Stand in uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, so another 20,000 uh, on top of our capacity. And yeah, the, there was a pin drop uh, in between every one of the, the songs and the noise that we were making in the away end. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty poor. It was really I... loud on TV, to be fair. Mm. Um, all we could hear was you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, big time. Um, was it comparable to like the misery that you could hear in the stadium last year with us? Like, was it that kind of we're just so grumpy and pissed off or was it like, what, what, what was the vibe? Uh, yeah, I think it, I don't know. It's hard. Like the, the people I were looking at were, I, I think it was just kind of like that apathy that we we're probably all feeling opposed to like the misery. Mm. Like, they're all excited for a, a minute or so after the goal, but then it sort of just settled in. They're like, Oh, we we're playing like a school team. Um, and you know, but just, there's no quality there. Fernandez just looked like that that kid that had the big kick that you'd pass it to and he'd just smash it up the field <laughs> and everyone just try and chase it. Like that that's literally all they were doing. So um and I'd I'd bloody hate to be paying my money to watch that every week. Especially after I've had Angeball. Yeah, how are we ever gonna go back to normal football, man? It's gonna be it's gonna be weird. But it's all right, I'm just gonna stay for like fifteen years. It's fine. Um Cool. Okay. I think we've covered the losers, basically Man United, sort of twice for everyone. So that's good. Um, let's talk about Spurs women. Um, we won a cup tie, 3-2, two goals down. Um, 
Lauren, what the hell happened? Um, I thought we were going to win this quite handily, sort of see a couple of new signings. It was all going to be happy days, the afterglow of the North London Derby win. And then in a very Tottenham Hotspur sort of turn of events, we start dreadfully, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened. Because it's like, you know, there's so much excitement for for the game. The team was finally playing. You know, we were going to ride on the coattails. Yeah, of the North London Derby win. Maybe the fact that it it wasn't televised anywhere um, should have been a sign of, of how we were going to um, start that game. But I yeah, I just don't know really what I was seeing in in that first half in particular. We were awful. I'm not exaggerating. We were absolutely dreadful. I think the pitch was dry, um, but there was no excuse for what we saw. I mean, it couldn't even string more than three passes together. It felt like. Um, how it was last season, um, mm. which was just really bizarre because I don't know if it was a, a necessarily a system issue um, because we were trying to play in, in the exact same way, but it was just, just everything seemed off. Um, and I think players like um, Zhang and Nan, she didn't have, she didn't have a really good game. Um, but to be fair, nobody covered themselves in glory apart from what Jess Nass was trying but it was just kind of, you know, we're, we're not playing very well. And then obviously we conceded quite early. Um, I don't know how many times I've complained about the number of goals that we concede from crosses. It's ridiculous. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of another set piece goal. You're not picking, you don't, you know, I always think if you don't win the first ball, don't win the second ball. We didn't win either. Um, and we conceded, but then you think, okay, but it's only Sheffield, we're just going to get back into it. Um and yeah, it just kind of continued like that until half time. Obviously, Rose, I was giving like a, a running commentary in, a, in our group chat, and I was just like, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Like, it was just getting worse. And I was worse just getting the play by play, like, while I was out with my kids, just being like, how is this happening? What is going on? Do you feel like, because um, Robert talked afterwards about how they were kind of pressing us quite hard initially, and we, and we kind of we weren't expecting it. And also, I know that. Like Grace Clinton was ill, right? And then mm. Martha Thomas, it seemed it was like, has she done a hamstring? Yeah. But yeah, she might all, but actually but actually she might be all right. So that seems a sort of weird one. But basically, we're probably not gonna see her for like three months, the way things go. But do you <laughs> but do you feel like um like maybe he had to make some last minute adjustments that he wasn't expecting to? And then obviously Evelina coming back for the first time. But he had to but then she had to play in central defence, which is, Yeah, I think the, the, when the lineup came out, it was like, hmm, this is a bit odd. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think we did look like a team that hadn't played in a month, but it, it also looked like a team that literally came back to training yesterday. And it was kind of like, but guys, you've been training since the new year. So it, it, we, you know, we were just off the pace, like losing second balls. Um, and, you know, credit to Sheffield, they were really aggressive, they were pressing. But at the same time, you know, we're we're a WSL team. We just looked just a little bit unfit, just really rusty, um, which just really didn't help. And I think there was just just everybody was misplacing passes. Um, but I, I I just don't think we had much control in midfield um, either. And I think yeah, it just it's just a little bit all over the place. You know, we got to half time. It was one nil. You think okay, cool. He'll just make some changes. Um, which he did, um, in all <laughs> fairness. <laughs> um, and and Ellie oh Brazil. boy, poor yeah. Ellie. <laughs> yeah. Ellie. So Ellie Brazil and, and Harry James came on at half time, um, and Evelina went off, you know, coming back from injury kind of 45 minutes, and Zhang Linyan went off. And most of us were just sat there thinking, oh, okay, you know, Ash is going to have to go into defence because we don't have any other centre back three. Has James would just go back to right back. Cool, we'll just make it work. Um, we'll go into a more attacking change. But lo and behold, Has James was in midfield. Ellie Brazil was playing right back, and I literally had to double take um, a few times, and that was really confusing for those of like people who you don't sent know us Ellie a picture Brazil. to be. Yeah, I was like, was really happening. Yeah, yeah guys, I'm <laughs> not going crazy. She's really playing right back. So she is a forward slash number ten by trade. She hasn't had. Um, the best starts to her Spurs career because she had an ACL injury last season and she's taken a long time to kind of come back from that. But when we bought her from Brighton, she, you know, there were a lot of times when she was playing up top through the middle. So to see 
a forward player playing at right back. It was just a little bit confusing. Sort of um, like a Rachel a Rachel Daly situation, sort of. But yeah, kind imagine of Rachel Daly, but like, but like but half the, the size <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah. I guess Son I playing wing back in an FA Cup semi final. That's the sort of closest yeah. comparison I can come up with, maybe. Yeah, it, it did feel like that. And their second goal came, she just got done. And I can't blame her, but she just, her body position just wasn't correct. And I was like, I'm not surprised mm. it's not correct because that's not where you play. Um, and yeah, we just, again, we just didn't defend the cross, cross into the box. And then it was kind of like, oh God, like 2 0, you're thinking, hmm, okay, um, you know, this is getting a bit worrying now. Um, but then we saw the return of Olga Artinen. And yes. I feel like the same way that we feel about um, Bentoncourt, for people that just watch the men's team, and his impact in the midfield, having a midfielder that can take ownership, gives you composure, has makes the right decisions, has a brilliant passing as well. You just think she was everywhere. It's, mm. it's almost as if, and it was the first time as well, I think, that we had all three of our captains on the pitch. Um, and it, I just think we took ownership. She came on and she was like, right, give me the ball. I'm tackling, I'm playing, I'm, you know, playing balls through the line. I'm getting the ball. We're playing out from the back. And it just felt like everything kind of pieced together um, when she came on the pitch. And then we just started to create better chances. And then our saviour, our captain, <laughs> England, just does what she does best. Absolutely um, a legend. Yeah, yeah I mean... I just think having somebody that's that clinical um, just in the team, you just know, it's just like having Kane, like you just, just give, just give her a chance and she'll, she'll put it in the back of the net. And that's what it felt like. She can't, you know, she got a couple of chances, just did well to kind of win the penalty that came from pressing high. She converted that. And then it was kind of like, everyone starts to clock watch because it was kind of like, well, we kick off at Old Trafford at half four. So <laughs> we don't, we don't have time for extra time here. Um, <laughs> And then Rosella Ayan, who I think is kind of like peak Spurs. I think she's she's kind of like a like an Oliver Skip type player where you think, oh, you know, maybe we'll move 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 her on. But she always kind of pops up with important goals. Um, There's a part of us that doesn't want to let her go. It's like I feel like we're all we're all like, surely she can't stay for much longer. But then I feel like she really belongs to us. That was just absolutely yeah. peak Ros. The last time we yeah. saw her, she was missing an open goal to kill off the North London derby. And then she pops up right at the end to win us like a cup tie that could have been potentially quite embarrassing. But also, should the keeper, like the keeper did nearly save it. Yeah. Also I mean, classic Ros. Yeah, it was classic Ros. Because it was kind of funny because early, like earlier in the, in the second half, she tried... Um, a, a different skillful shot so should I put it and in my head I was thinking you don't have that technical ability why have you tried that <laughs> um but she managed obviously she was clearly she had a lot of confidence but yeah she kind of tried to chip the keeper I think a better keeper probably would have got a stronger hand to it but mm. but equally I think the run that she made um and if you haven't seen that goal go and watch Olga Artman's pass off of her weak foot weak, which I don't actually think she has a, a weak foot but technically is her weaker foot um, to kind of to spot the run and execute the pass under that amount of pressure because it was literally like the last minute of the game um, yeah it just felt like I think Rose she's been here for a while she's proper Spurs so it just felt like she knew she needed to kind of pop up and, and kind of send us free last minute she loves she's been club. here a while um, obviously we had two debuts how did they go? yeah I think Charlie did well, uh, I think she suffered in the first half, as everybody did, in terms of passing and going forwards. And I think she is an attacking fullback. Um, but I think she chipped in well with some um, with some good challenges. And then as we became more composed, I think as as we started going forward, um, she started to kind of look the reason why we we're all excited when she signed. So I think she had a, I think she had a decent debut, and I think she'll build on that. Um, and Matilda Vimberg, she came off the, the bench as well. And again, I think it's hard for me to say because she's one of my favourite players, but Celine didn't have a good game. Um, so uh, Matilda came on for her. And I think it was just a bit more um, decisiveness in what we were doing mm -hmm. down the left. So I thought them two actually started to link up quite well. And then it just meant that we were kind of um, a threat from both sides. So, yeah, I think they, they both had good debuts, um, something to build on. And I also, I think 
Robert will have to think about, you know, kind of when he introduces them to the starting eleven. So I was going to say because I mean, Vinberg's really highly rated, right? And I imagine, you know, it sounds like we faced a decent amount of competition to get her. So you'd, you'd assume she's been, if not assured of a starting place, then that that would be her expectation. So who who's most at threat? Do you think it is Celine to come out of the team for her, or or Jess? Um... Or... Yeah, I think maybe Jess, because I think Celine can kind of play from the right and I think Matilda primarily plays from the left. But it'd just be interesting to see, I think, also how long Martha Thomas is injured for, because if Martha Mm. is injured, then there is space in the 10 to move Grace Clinton Mm. into the 10 and then you can kind of get all of them into the team. I'm excited to see what that team looks like, because I think having such... You know, having a front line where we're really starting to push the technical ability of, of the squad. Um, and I think as Matilda and Charlie as well adapt to the kind of more physical nature of playing football in England in comparison um, to in to in Sweden. I think, yeah, I just don't, never thought, you know, this time a year ago, we'd be in such a position where we've got such competition for places mm-hmm. like we had nailed on starting eleven. Um, and, and that was it. But now it's kind of like, well, what combination? Like, we're going to have so much discussion before the game. Like, what combination can we play? Who should we bring off the bench? Um, so, just think it's the transformation that we're seeing um, on the men's side, we're seeing it on the women's. And it's just kind of like going to, to watch a team that's going to play football um, ultimately rather than kind of trying not to lose. It just felt like we, even though we played pretty poorly um, in the first half, that kind of determination and kind of we're going to win this game. It kind of it, it really did kick in uh, once Old came onto the pitch. Who do you think is going to start next weekend? Given that just the sort of ghosts of seasons past, because we're going to be facing Rianne Skinner next weekend, West Ham, and yeah, and Shalina, my beloved Shalina. Yeah, yeah. I'm imagining she won't be able Actually, to play. Actually, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, she might not be able to play because she's a lonely, isn't she? That is, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm glad we won't have to, like, if that's the case, I am quite glad we won't have to see her, but that, I do think that is a ridiculous rule to have in the WSL where the league is so small and there's yeah, hardly any games. Yeah, because you hardly have any games anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's like, we, we're in this, the same situation of not being able to play Grace against United. Um, really, like, yeah. I think from a, from next week, I think, Charlie will probably go into the starting lineup, which means Ash can play off the right. I don't know what we're going to do about defence because I don't know where Luana Buller is. She wasn't. She just wasn't in the squad. Amy Turner wasn't in the squad. Um, not that I'm complaining too much about that one, but I don't know what we. I don't know what we'll do. Amy I Turner, I've realised, is like she's going to be my weird hill that I'm going to die on. Actually, like I believe she's got a future at Spurs. I really do. Just honestly, she was so good in the North London derby, and I know they all were, and it was just like one of those crazy days. But like, I think she can do it. It's okay. I'll just wait until, <laughs> and I'll just I'll pop up when I need to. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I think. But yeah, it might be Evelina we, again. Yeah, it may have to be Evelina. I think Olga, I hope she'll start. Then it maybe means playing Kit Graham um, kind of to make that pivot because Kit's kind of had a positional change, traditionally a number 10, but now she's kind of playing a bit deeper and doing quite well, um, actually. Then I think probably Grace will come back into the team. Um, yeah, then then I think he's got a choice whether he plays Matilda, whether he plays Jess, whether he plays Celine, um, and then obviously Beth. Uh, up top not sure if Martha Thomas will be back so yeah again it's it's just kind of like it's nice knowing not knowing yet I think what the the starting 11 is which means that every transfer window we're, we're kind of pushing the squad on uh, I say every we've only had two and it's not finished yet but um but yeah I think it's it's kind of good times and also to know that we can get ourselves out of a hole it wasn't a good performance but we still won the game so mm-hmm. yeah yeah we had enough quality in the end and I do think Obviously, like Beth England being back and just picking up where she left off, really, just scoring, saving us when she needed to is is so precious. And and Olga, too, really, like I remember her interview when she joined and she said, you know, this is the kind of player I am. I like to link defence and attack and and yeah, like carry the ball out of defence and also like play through balls. And she like that's what she does now and it took her some time to adjust didn't it like she looked like she was always taken off after like 60 minutes when she started yeah and now she's just I, like ready she's adapted to the league she can like control a game 
Yeah, I think we cannot underestimate, I think, how the physical aspects of, of women's football in England, and I think players always come tonight when they come um, to play in the WSL, it's the physicality of the league, which is the hardest adjustment. So I think, you know, I think it took Olga a bit of time to kind of get up to 90 minutes, but we cannot, like, I, ca I cannot overstate or how good she actually is. And I think if you're going to play a possession-based football and you want to play out from the back, you want to press high, you fundamentally have to have a midfielder um, that is absolutely comfortable in, in possession. And we have that with, with Benton Core uh, on the men's side. And Olga is that equivalent because everybody, you don't need to panic because you can just give her the ball um, and she'll hold it and then she'll find the right pass. So I'm so happy that she's back. Um, I just hope she stays fit because I think she gives us, you know, she, I think we see the best um, of kind of Robert's style and, and system when she's on the pitch. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And then we got Charlton in the cup. Yes, uh, it could have been much worse. Um, That's a nice so, draw. Yeah, at home as well. at home. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a home draw, which is good. I think it's, it's quite tight in the championship. There's like five teams with only like two points between them all. So, um, but yeah, I think avoiding a WSL team, um, getting a home draw, happy days. And yeah, Arsenal got City, so... And, and like I, I think the way that we're, like the the WSL is, that's the big four, and the big four drawing each other early just means there's space in the semi final for for another team. So I think you know we just got to do the business, win this tie, um, and then yeah, there's a, there's a chance for us to kind of make history. I think the way that we can play um, when we get it right we've already shown that we push Chelsea all the way. We beat an Arsenal. It, you know, we're no pushover, um, no matter who we who we could end up getting. Lauren, could we? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what I don't know what the end result is, but like but genuinely it's the first time I think there's that feeling that we can make that big four a big five. Um and we're putting the kind of steps in place um to do that and I yeah I think we're just yeah I don't want to get too positive too soon because we you know we see we saw everybody said that about Villa and now look at them um also out of the cup but it, it just it just feels right it feels different this time that actually you mm. know we're taking it seriously the business is being done early we're finding the right profile and young talented players are saying no I'd rather go to Tottenham than go to City or go to Arsenal and, and we've never had that um, ever really so yeah I think you know just good times um, quickly as well I saw you you guys Lauren and you were a big part of this the brilliant work you did to um, with the applause on eight minutes for Maddie Kusak and you know, there was you know there was banners and stuff how how was how did all that sort of go off yeah I think we did a bit of planning you know during the week and I think yeah, credit to, to kind of everyone involved to make sure that um, you know from discussing kind of ideas and actually getting something done and in place um everyone kind of chipped in um yeah i think we, you know we reached out to to the foundation and, and had the blessing of, of maddie's family as well which um yeah i think it's in, it's important that this has doesn't get swept under the carpet um and yeah i think it was it was good to do the applause you know the, i think there were some people obviously that were there which they didn't understand why we were clapping but then eventually caught on so yeah it was mm -hmm. it was really kind of nice um to do that and yeah if people don't know um maddie she took her own life towards the end of of last year um due to the struggles that she's kind of had within football um so please go and donate to the foundation um as well um just to kind of to make sure that her memory um I, I guess still keeps going and yeah it was I think we felt compelled to do to do something because especially the kind of the articles that have come out um mm. with what's been going on behind the scenes it, it's really sinister and really horrible and we shouldn't just kind of stop talking about it so yeah it was it was um yeah good to do something good to hear and yeah thank you for um for representing our club so so well everyone on Sunday um <laughs> And thank you, Lauren, for giving us such a, a great update on on both the game and the sort of broader picture. It's um, it's exciting times, isn't it? I know we don't want to get too carried away, but it feels like something with a bit of permanence is is being 
sort of instilled across the board. So um, long may that continue. Um, I've already predicted we're going to win the league in like the next two years. So okay, it's good. just too late for me to <laughs> be restrained. <laughs> I like it. When Emma Hayes leaves, what you know, it's game on for everyone. Um, maybe we can time it so both the men and the women do a sort of complete a double. Oh, be... just lose lose my head to be honest. The parade that, will like... never end. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll be so unbearable. We could just get on with our lives as well. We could just like make ourselves more useful on the weekends. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about culture. Um, I want quick fire culture picks, please, as I try not to choke. (laughs) I need some water. Um, Tom, give me a culture pick for this week. Uh, I finished The Curse, which is on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, if you like David Lynch and very weird Nathan Fielder things, it's pretty mad. The finale was insane. And then, yeah, very into the traitors on iPlayer and excited that Big Boys is back on Channel 4. Um, we watched the first one of the new series earlier. Mm. Uh, it was kind of, The first one was kind of just set in the scene, but um, the first series of Big Boys, Jack Rook's kind of uh, university coming of age thing. Uh, oh, it's so season. lovely. I can't wait for this second season. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it was brilliant. So, uh, yeah, excited for the rest of the second series season. Excellent. Um, Rosa, your pick, please. Um, Fortet's new track, Loved, has been on constant rotation for me. Um, I haven't really done much other cultural things, but I do want to shout out if any of you, I don't know if anybody here listens to Football Clichés, podcast it's so fun it's such a freaking delight for just anyone with even a passing interest in football it's just so silly and joyous and just yeah keeps me going through the dark nights of january um that's it for me okay good stuff sam uh yeah when i've not been at tottenham or work uh i've been sort of on my pursuit of becoming a cowboy i'm still watching <laughs> yellowstone uh i'm on to the the final season now can you uh, so my my wife will not watch it she thinks it looks like just nonsense why why should i what can i tell her to convince her sam uh, yellowstone, yeah succession with guns and horses I don't know if that's going to cut it. I think she'll hear guns and horses and be like, I'm not 12. Like, no thanks. Uh, Give me some more. In, in, but in Montana. And it's really beautiful. The scenery is gorgeous. All right. Uh, get warmer. Yeah. Like, okay. you can stick, I'm just for like the cuts with like the, the sweeping landscapes. Like, it is, I'm genuinely like going to try and buy a ranch. Is it not, is it silly or is it like, no, no, it's dead. It's, it's, well like, it's, it's not it's like, it, it's not like it, how I used to like Nashville and in that sort of like, oh, this is sort of a guilty pleasure thing. Nashville is not silly. How dare you? No, I, I, I mean, you're preaching to converted, Rosa. But, um, I, need, I need Ash here to back me up because he's just started watching it and he's, he's obsessed already. Okay. All right. Um, um, ask me guys, Yellowstone. And then actually, um, I was thinking earlier about uh, Billy on when I was first on Hometown Glory, he asked me um, sort of like, photographer inspirations i realized I, I think i did a poor job of answering that question um there's this guy that uh shoots for boca juniors and i think he takes like the best football photos i've ever seen um and he sort of was on the streets uh when argentina won the world cup so he's got like a series of photos from there that are just like sublime but also like week in week out at boca and obviously they've got like the most mental fans in the world um so yeah and his name if you want to have a look at him on instagram is pancho monty um great name as well everybody goes and and enjoys his work Um, and that's it for me thank you very much lauren your pick for this week please yeah i've been watching berlin which uh is the it's a spin-off but prequel of money heist so uh it's in spanish on netflix so if anybody did enjoy uh, money heist um berlin's good as well a bit more light-hearted but um but yeah i really love money heist when it came out so i've enjoyed mm. watching berlin. oh cool yeah we we enjoyed money heist i didn't i don't think i knew about berlin so i will um i'll check that out yeah it's his um it is uh the professor's brother um so it's, oh. it's him so it's a heist that he did so it's different different cast different characters but he's he's in it okay cool thank you very much um billy 
Um, I have been watching Echo this week, which is a Marvel show, and um, it's actually pretty good. Um, Marvel's been a pretty of a rut recently. Um, this is a kind of new venture for them. They're going back into like the old Netflix adult shows, where they're quite like violent. They're taking the cue from Daredevil and stuff, and obviously Daredevil overlaps in this one as well. And uh, I've only seen two episodes, but it's actually pretty good. And I think Kingpin in Echo is one of the best Marvel villains. And uh, Rose, have you seen any of Echo so far? No, I haven't had a chance yet. Is it all out, or is it just just the first it's all episode? Out, which they don't normally do. They've dropped oh, all okay. I'm optimistic for this show, definitely. I saw when I saw the sort of extended trailer a few weeks ago. I was like, it looks, it looks seriously good. It looks like a kind of return to form. It does look really good, and I absolutely love the Daredevil Netflix show. It's one of my favorite Marvel things, so I'm all about this show for sure. And he's in it briefly. He's in it, yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. He's in it as well, and um, I think there's a few more crossovers to come which I haven't reached yet. But yeah, for sure. Very much here for it. Excellent. Good stuff. Thank you, Billy. Um, my, oh, it's me, isn't it? Right, me. Um, oh, I read uh, Tomorrow, Tomorrow, sorry, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow at long last, um, being up with a cultural zeitgeist. Um, Beloved of uh, me and Tom as well. Exactly, yeah. I finally nice. heeded your advice. Um, I sort of hoovered it up in like a week or two uh, when I finally got around to being able to commute back into work. Um was one of those books where I was like, oh God, I've reached, I've reached my stop. This is really annoying. I'm not going to get to read it till I go home again. Didn't think I'd like it particularly because it's about two sort of aspiring um, video game designers. Um, but I loved it. It's just one of the most readable books I think I've ever read. So if you're in the mood for a sort of January easy pickup read and you've not yet read this, I would thoroughly recommend it. Um, yeah. You don't have to have any interest in no, video games none. at all. Yeah. None. Um we we've also gone into the traitors we gave it a go and um partly because we're just obsessed with claudia being like she's so fun in it isn't she she's like i'm just wicked and having such a good time she's very good (laughs) although if you're enjoying her you should watch the us version which is also an iplayer where alan cummings is the host and (laughs) he's genuinely incredible in it um i just love the fact she's like developed this sort of fingerless glove sort of wardrobe quirk she's got owls she's like sort of a bit like just haughtily telling people off it's brilliant like i can see why everyone's been obsessed with it now um so we're kind of on the cusp of like are we really gonna like devote the next sort of month to catching up with this or but i I think we're 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 thinking about it um and oh and musically uh, there's a black keys track that came out last week which was written with beck and uh, Dan the Automator called uh, Beautiful People Stay High. And it's um, really cheered me up on what was, what's today? Blue Monday, right? We're recording on Blue Monday. And I, I heard it this morning and was like, that has put me in a much better mood. Um, just a real sort of life-affirming bit of, it's basically, it basically sounds like a Beck song, so I'm always going to love it. But um, And I don't think I've listened to a Black Key song and sort of been interested for about seven years, but this is uh, this is really good fun. Um that's our culture picks and that's our podcast. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Um, that Spurs women update was, was superb and we really love having you always. So thank you. You're always welcome. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Um, Sam, Rosa, Tom and Billy, thank you very much for your company as always. Um, this has been Hometown Glory. Billy, see us off, please. Up the Spurs. Up the Spurs.